Thank you for joining us on the Waymaker Church podcast today. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and makes a way for the new and deeper with Jesus Christ in your life. Enjoy. So we jump into some stuff today, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited to start this new year, uh, but also it's very significant in that we have a date that we're kind of marching towards in the near future. And, and some of you already know what that is, but I, I want to talk about the significance of that date and then why it's important that we get some things in order as we get towards that. And I'm going to talk about deep and wide, and I'm going to talk about that vision. But, but I want to talk about February the 25th, February 25th, because on February the 25th, 2024, Waymaker Church turns 25. Yes. Are you ready for a quarter-life crisis? Yes. You remember, many of you, when you turn 25, it's like you're not a young adult anymore. It, yeah, yeah, you're out of college, and you're, you're, you're into the career, or at least the first part of your career, or at least the first real job, maybe, that you've had. I, I was married. I, I had a couple kids, or one kid and another on the way, and, and man, we were marching towards, you know, the, the future. And yesterday, yesterday, we finally celebrated our granddaughter's first birthday. So that's where I am as we get to 25. Now, here's the thing. When you get to 25 in, in, in your own life, but also in the life of a, a church, the house, you have to go, man. There's a lot of people who sacrificed. There's a lot of people who struggled. There's a lot of people who were in the mix to see us get here. And now we, we are the ones who carry it. To the church. Uh, some of you are here for the first time today, and you're like, okay, what is this church all about? It's a great day for you to be here because we're going to talk about three things over these next few weeks in this series, but also as we look ahead to the next 25 years. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. We're looking ahead for the next 25 years. I don't know what I'm going to be doing 25 days from now. And the reality is, I don't either, but God thinks and he leads in generations so god knows what he has put on this house and we have to decide are we going to be all in with it yeah okay i got i got one person on the front row he's ready he's ready to go are you in with what god wants to do in this church well if you're not you're going to find out here's what we're going to do here's what we're going to do over the next few weeks we're going to cast our 25 year vision we're going to cast our 25-year vision. Now, you can see over here these four columns. And, and I'll, I'm going to go, go through these real quick together, and we're just going to kind of go along with each other. So I'm going, to, I'm going to say it, and then you repeat it, okay? So go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up. We're going to do this exercise together. Yeah, I know, I know. You've been standing a lot. So here, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about deep in the body. So when I, when I count to three, you just say deep in the body. One, two, three. Yes. We're going to develop new leaders. Go ahead. One, two, three. Yes. And then we're going to deploy the called. There you go. And I think you guys have it by now. What are we going to do next? We're going to diminish the debt. 
All right, well done. Give somebody a high five next to you. Yeah, you can have a seat again. Yeah, there we go, there we go. Remember singing that little song. Marianne Chambers was my, was my Sunday school teacher when I was in second grade, and she taught us deep and wide, deep and wide. Yeah, you're going to be singing it the rest of the day. In fact, you're, you're checked out. You're, you're going to start, you know, remember when you started, like, going, mm, and why? I don't know why we, why we muted some of the words, but we did. Some of you had no idea what I'm talking about. You're like, what is this? Where am I? Deep and why? What is it? What are we talking about? We're talking about deepening, deepening the love of God that is in us through the Holy Spirit and the image of God. That has to be deepened. We're, we're going to talk about why that has to be deepened. Really, the rest of our human life and how that happens, but also widening the love of God that is in us and through us, beyond us. The love of God to our neighbors and to the nations. We're going to talk about the deepness and the width of God's love in us and through us. And we're going to cast this vision over the next few weeks. What else are we going to do? We are going to consecrate our households to fulfill this vision. We're going to consecrate our households. What does that mean? That means that we're going to, for one week at least, we are going to pray and fast together. And that fasting may look different for some of you, but we want you, whether you are a single person or whether you're a house with four children, or in my case, one grandchild, we are going to consecrate. We're going to say, okay, what does this mean for our house? What does this vision mean for our house? And then finally, we are going to commit. We're going to commit our sacrifice for this vision, our time, our energy, our prayers, and yes, even our resources. So we're going to get to that each week that we walk through this series, and we're going to cast this vision. Now, I want to start where it all began, Acts chapter 1. Let's just jump right into this. After his suffering, who's suffering? Jesus is suffering. And what was his suffering? It was the trial, it was the torture, and it was the execution of Jesus on a cross. And I am so glad he went there in my place, and I know you are too, because sin, evil, and death has no place to bully me or to intimidate me. I can walk in the confidence because Jesus took the cross so I didn't have to die. Is anybody excited about that today? All right, back row, I'm coming for you. By the time it's over, I'm going to see you guys dancing. He, what did he do? He presented himself to them. Who is them? The original disciples and so many more, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. What are we talking about here? We're talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that not only did Jesus die on a cross for sin, evil, and death, he rose again to prove it and to say, I am the resurrection and life, and this resurrection is your resurrection. And let me tell you something, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, we have no reason to be here on a perfectly good misty January morning. But he did raise from the dead. And that's why we started this morning with singing some songs. Yes, we're talking about 
Man, he's more than able, and this is a house of miracles, and we're proclaiming that. Ooh. He form with different groups of people, including his original disciples. He appeared to them for over 40 years, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. He essentially retaught them everything that he had taught his original disciples and anybody who was listening for the three years that he was in his earthly ministry. He retaught renewal of God is at hand. And what else? The reign of God is at hand in those who would believe and follow his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And when we believe and follow Jesus Christ and we call on the name of Jesus for salvation and for his leadership and authority, guess what happens? The kingdom of God, what is happening in heaven, comes to earth through the people who are deep and wide in his love in this world. We got a job to do, y'all, and that is to bring more heaven to earth. Is anybody with me? Back row, you with me? Okay, one guy's just drinking his coffee. He's like, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm coming. Just give me some time. Just give me some time. Okay, ne next, what, what do we see? What do we see? And this is big. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem. Okay, what's, what's going on with Jerusalem? Well, it was prophesied by the prophets that something would happen in the city of Jerusalem. But wait, wait. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And Jesus spoke about the helper and the counselor, that he had to go prepare a place. But the father would send the helper, the counselor as a gift and, and, and what are we talking about here? And th this is big, so, so we have to know this. For John baptized with water or in water. What does that mean? John was preparing the way for the Messiah. And he was calling people to repentance. Hey, get yourself ready. Get yourself, get your mind and your heart ready because something's coming. What though? You, right? In a few days, but in a few days, you will be baptized with or in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is big. This is big because this is a shift in human history. What, what he's talking about is in 10 days, history will be marked. A shift will happen because, you see, when we look before that moment, the Holy Spirit would only come upon a person temporarily, it would come on a specific person for a specific time to give a message to a specific group of people. Moses was temporarily given the Holy Spirit. We see this in David. We see this, uh, the prophets, the priests, the patriarchs uh, of the Old Testament are examples of this. But what he is saying is anyone who would believe in God's one and only Son, the Spirit of God will come upon them, will come upon you and me. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead will be upon those who believe in and follow his one and only son. That means if you and I 
believe and follow Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God right now is ministering to you even as I speak. He's saying, lean in. He's saying, discern. He's saying, you better get excited. He's saying, repent. He's saying, here you go. He's saying, here's some new giftings. Here's a new calling. Hey, this vision isn't about a person. It's not even about a church. It's about me calling you deep and wide. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing right now because you have been baptized in that spirit. And I don't care if you're 7, 17, or 70. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Spirit of God is speaking to you. What happens next? It says, then he gathered around him and asked them. Then they gathered around him and asked them, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? So after Jesus explains all this, they go right back to the very thing that they signed up for three years before. Hey, I think Jesus might be the Messiah, and I think he might be restoring the political and the religious government of Israel, just like King David of old. And they, after Jesus rose from the dead, go right back to, hey, is this the time that you're going to kind of kick the Romans out of here and we're all going to be in charge again? And Jesus does what he does best. He says, okay, let me, let, me, let me help you. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. In other words, don't get distracted in God's business because he's got business for you that is only for you. Let him take care of what he's going to take care of. You see, you see he has authority about when all of this culminates. Don't get distracted. And I think sometimes we can get distracted, but I'll get to that in just, just a second. What, what does he say next in verse eight? He says, but you will receive power. You will receive what? You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, here he says it again, in 10 days, this is gonna happen. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be a good suburban Christian. Right? Who goes through the motions and celebrates the fact that you don't go to hell when you die because Jesus died on a cross. And you go every now and then to some Bible studies and you half-heartedly sing some worship songs and you hear some good preaching every now and then and and every now and then you throw a dime or two in the in the offering bucket and then and then you come back six weeks later and do it again that's that's a big vision isn't it for the future i don't know about you but man i'm excited about that okay some of you aren't getting that this is sarcasm so let me get to the point no that's not what he's saying Right? He's not saying, hey, the Spirit of God will come on you and you could be a good American Christian who's complacent and going through the motion. Why are we here? Because Jesus called us here 
and we're being obedient to Jesus and they need to hear the love of Jesus and how God loves them because and how Jesus died on a cross for the sins and he rose from the dead and that's what we're gonna do kids and I'm gonna pray for you that your heart will change and that someday you too will be sitting here in obedience. That's the kind of thing that we're talking about today. Back row, you with me? Back section, you with me? Okay, back section, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, by the time it's over, back section's gonna be with me. My witnesses in Jerusalem, hometown. Yeah. We'll, we'll count the Carolinas in Maryland there, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but wait a minute. And to the ends of the earth, to the Middle East, and to the middle of. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if I'm ready. I had a half foot. deep and wide happens. How we are going to deepen the body, develop new leaders, deploy the call and diminish the debt. And that is this, only Holy Spirit power and obedience can transform. Or Jesus, I'm gonna tell you this, it ain't gonna be sermons, it ain't gonna be songs, it ain't gonna be ministries and strategies. Those are all well and good. If those are not powered by the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, then we might as well be the Moose Lodge. We, we might as well be some other club doing good things for good people in a good community. But that's not why Jesus died and rose again. He died and rose again so that we could be transformed from the inside out and that we could be transmitted to the nations. And I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. This, this is big, this is big. What we prayed over the Bundricks is going to be something that we do regularly. It's gonna be something we do regularly. And you know what? Our kids and way kids, we're just gonna be a church that says, hey, you may be called. You may be called. And we're not going to stand in the way of that. In fact, we're going to pray you through that. And we're going to prepare you for that. Because there are nations still yet to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And there are neighbors across the cul-de-sac who still need to hear that God loves them so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Deep and wide is the Holy Spirit's power and our obedience to it. What else, though? This is big. This is big. Holy Spirit the presence of the Holy Spirit keeps the church on Jesus' mission rather than chasing distractions, addictions, and predictions. Okay, I want to talk about that for a second. Remember, the first thing out of the disciples' mouth after Jesus says, wait here, God's going to send the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
you're going to be baptized in it. And they're like, okay, good, good. So then we get to, we get to be the political leaders and the religious leaders of Israel and kick the Romans out. <sighs> okay, well, no. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about. And, and I'm going to tell you something. After 25 years, a church, a church like ours could start chasing distractions. We could. We, we could start chasing the past. We could start living more in the past and, and talking about the good old days. I mean, 25 years, you got enough good old days. Well, when we were praying over the Bundricks, the, the, the arm of the man that was right in front of me with his shoulder on, on the Bundricks was Kevin Rawls. Kevin Rawls uh, was, was here day one of this church 25 years ago. And I, I could hear him praying, and I was thinking, wow, man, we've, we've gone through a lot together. And, and, and you know, here, here's the thing. We could get into our past and celebrating the past and not realize that we're crossing a threshold into a greater future. And you see, we as fellow believers and we as a church have to make sure we're not. And the Holy Spirit, if we invite him, if we invite him weekly, weekly into this place and say, move among us, move us, shake us. We could get into some distractions. We can get into some addictions, right? Addictions. And I, I'm, I'm talking about sin cycles, of course, but I'm also talking about the things that we as churches can say, say they, they're good things, but they're not God things. And, they're, and, they're, and man, we get addicted to our traditions and, and we get addicted to our comforts and we get addicted to our conveniences. And, and then all of a sudden we're sitting there and we're thinking, well, this is my, this is my chair. And I always sit in this chair and that's my parking spot. And I always sit in that. And don't ask anything more of me. Why? Because I'm addicted to my comfort. I'm, I'm addicted to my cravings and I'm, I'm addicted to my religion. Don't mess with me. And predict. Hey, is this the time? Is this the time? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has to be, has to be invited. The power of the Holy Spirit has to be invited among us personally and as a house. Otherwise, if we cross the threshold into another 25 years, if we are not inviting the waking and the shaking and the moving and the grooving of the Holy Spirit among us, we can become a terminally ill church. Now, some of you may not know who this, this guy is, but a, a tweet went viral. I don't even know if they say viral anymore. But a tweet went out this week by a UK rap artist and podcaster named Zuby. And this is what it read. I mean, this thing just went all over. To use a metaphor, he says, Christians creates a form of herd immunity that also benefits and protects non-Christians. So if Christians are being Christ, if they are on message and on mission with Christ, 
it betters everyone, even the people who don't believe. And, and what he's saying is Western civilization, if you track it back for centuries, because Christianity and the church has gone through revivals and reforms and repentance and revival and reforms and repentance, being relegated back to relevant. Because of that, Western civilization, even, even the people who don't believe, benefit from the presence of the kingdom of God coming through the people of God. Wow, what, 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 he says, you can't just have a culture or a cultural moral vacuum. Something's going to go in its place. Something's going to go, and he says, it goes against the laws of nature. What is he talking about? He's saying, look, right now in, in Western civilization and Western culture, there is, a, there is a, a back and forth. And we, we, the church, we could simply go about business as usual. We could celebrate 25 years and say, oh, isn't that great? And let's blow out the candles and, and, and just go do it again. And we can sing pretty songs and hear half-decent sermons and go to some pretty good Bible studies. We could do that. Yes, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that songs and sermons and Bible studies are, are not important. I'm just saying without the power of the Holy Spirit and obedience to the Holy Spirit, pushing us forward and pressing us forward, our vision will become terminally ill. Now, I want to talk about that for a second, and then we're going to look at, at Acts chapter 2. Here are the symptoms of a terminally ill church. So we got to take some, some, some diagnosis here. Unchallenged immaturity. I'm going to tell you something. Church people... They can get spiritually, emotionally, and mentally immature. Oh, they are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected. And they're going to heaven when they die. But in the meantime, they are grumpy, they are moody, they are childish, they are divisive, and nobody challenges it. Churches die from terminal niceness. They do. At this church, we challenge it from the leadership all the way down, all the way up from the seats to the streets, from the parking lot back to the parking lot. We are going to challenge immaturity. Listen, you may have been a believer and follower of Jesus for 30 years, but you, and you know more about the Bible than even me, and great, that's awesome, but man, where are you in your relationships? That's why we're going to talk about deepening the body. What else? What else? This is, this is, we excuse indifference. We excuse, a, a terminally ill church just says, yeah, there's a lot of people who are indifferent and they, and they don't care to, to you know, to, to see new leaders raise up and they don't care to mentor. Uh, they don't, you know, they, they've gotten to a place where it's like, yeah, I'm 60, I'm 70, I've kind of done my part and um, you know, if we don't ever see another person saved or sent from this church, ah, I could care less just as long as, you know, the preacher gets up there and every now and then has a half-decent sermon. And we excuse that. We, we excuse that. We, we actually sometimes, as churches, we're just like, okay, I guess, that's, I guess that's okay. A terminally ill church just excuses these things. What else, though? And, th and this is another thing. is that We institutionalize idolatry. Yeah, 
we just say, no, we know that's not biblical, and, and we know that's probably just a, a tradition. In fact, we know that's just probably part of the culture, but we don't care. It's going to be us. It's going to be us. And we institutionalize instead of calling it out and repenting of it. And, and we just go, you know, that's not of the Lord. That's idol worship. We have brought something right into our fellowship, right into our spiritual house that we thought was a good thing, but really was an idolatry thing. And are we going to confess it or are we just going to institutionalize it and justify it? And, and if we do that, then we become a terminally ill church. It's only a matter of time before our, the cancer or the sickness destroys us. And finally, unrepentant immorality. Unrepentant immorality. Look. It, immorality it doesn't, you don't pull onto, into the parking lot of, of, a, of a church gathering and all of a sudden everybody is perfectly moral people. No, we need a savior. And thank God Jesus died on a cross for our sins and rose again from the dead because we are still in process. Here's what happens though. If we don't call ourselves to repentance, and I mean all the time. And we do this every week. We do this every week. Hey, maybe you've gotten into a really weird place in your faith. Hey, maybe you've picked up an old sin cycle. Hey, maybe you started collecting idols again. Hey, whatever it is, whatever it is, maybe you've just been disobedient to the Holy Spirit's leading. Just repent of it. Turn. Because we're just going to be a church that that, that, that admits these things, repents of these things, and then we move forward in maturity. If we don't do these things, or if we allow these things, we have a problem, and here's the problem, and this is, this is, this is big. Terminally ill churches often reject the only prevention and cure from slow death, and what is that? Holy Spirit power and obedience. I'm gonna say that again. Terminally ill churches, churches that indifference, Right? Just, we're indifferent, and that's okay. We're, we're just going to excuse it. We're immature. We're still relationally, mentally, spiritually immature people. Yeah, Paul says children. Hebrews says children. We're still on milk. Idolatry and immorality. And, and we're just like, okay, that's fine, but whatever. Terminate ill churches often reject the only prevention and cure, and that is Holy Spirit power and obedience. I'm going to say this. Before I get to all of these things over the next few weeks, if we don't do what we're about to, to, to step across the threshold and do, none of it matters. None of it matters. We're using water where Holy Spirit power is needed. We're using water where Holy Spirit power. Not, not, it, I could get up here and I could read the word of God and I could preach and I could give my all to it. But if you and I together haven't said, Holy Spirit, come, come and give me discernment and give me wisdom and give me, give me new spiritual giftings and new spiritual revelation Give me new spiritual vitality and energy. And, and, and then the, the Holy Spirit says, okay, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to repent of that. 
I want you to move forward in this. I want you to let that go. I want you to go have that conversation. And oh, I want you to share Jesus with the person across the street. You see, if we don't invite the Holy Spirit to come in and empower these things, this is just another sermon. This is just another series. And I don't know about you, but man, it's been 25 years. It's time to, to move from young adulthood into grown man stuff. Anybody with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, it's like okay, you know, I, I was a teenager, and then I was a, a young adult, and now, and now as a church, I'm a, I'm a grown man having children who are now having children. And that's what our church has to do. We've got to deploy the call. We've got to send people out of here our best and our brightest to launch churches in church-forsaken places. We, we've got to send them to the Middle East and into, into Thailand. And yes, e even as I speak to places like Haiti, dangerous places where the gospel still needs a, a, a beachhead. And we need to be people who are Holy Spirit, obedient, and powered. Acts chapter 2, what happens, this is so beautiful. When the day of Pentecost came, 10 days later, they were all together in one place. And what happened in that one place? Suddenly a sound like a blowing, violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They were just sitting, and all of a sudden, what happens? Verse 3, this is big. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Each of them. Not, not a holy huddle. Not, not, a, not a special group. Not Peter, James, and John. Each of them. Each of them. I want you to look to the person beside you and say, it's going to take you too. Come on, tell them that. Tell them that. Back row, tell them that. Yes, it's going to take you too. Each of them. Each of them, what, what next? And this is big, this is big. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Now, there's different tongues in, 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 in the New Testament. This is the tongues of other languages. So languages, not a heavenly language, but, but other languages, as the Spirit enabled them. Listen, listen, this is big. Holy Spirit, power, and obedience enables the church with supernatural clarity, courage, and competence to bring God's kingdom to earth. As Zuby said, I'm quoting Zuby, right? There's too much at stake. There's too much at stake in the world in which we live right now for the church to go into the next 25 years sleeping. Mm -mm. Not this church. Not on our watch, not on our stewardship, not while we're in the house. God, thank you for the last 25 years. We're ready for the next 25. And you know what? I may not have been here from the beginning, but I'm here now, and I'm called to this house, and we're going to get clarity, courage, and competence, but not from a sermon series, from the Holy Spirit of God in those who believe and follow Jesus, amazed and perplexed. They, who are they? The crowds of people who heard 
the apostles speaking in other tongues, their own native tongues. A crowd began to gather and said, how can this be? It says, they ask one another, what does this mean? Oh my goodness, this is miraculous. But wait a minute, verse 13, verse 13. Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. They are day drinking. Okay, somebody got that. The same crowd of people, there were those who leaned in with curiosity and compulsion and those who leaned back with cynicism. Yeah, in the same group of people right here in this room, some of you are going to lean in with curiosity and compulsion, and I'm compelled by this. And some of you may already be leaning back with a little bit of cynicism. I don't know. All this just seems like a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice. Honey, we maybe need to go to a new church. Fair enough. Fair enough. In the same place, in the same place. Verse 14, though, look what it says. Look what it says. Then Peter stood up. This was the very first sermon. Okay? Very first sermon preached in the very first church service which probably was about a two hour sermon so get ready watch I'm just kidding okay he stood up with the eleven and he raised his voice and addressed the crowd he says fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem because that's where they're supposed to be first let me explain this to you listen carefully to what I say okay these people are not drunk I love that that is like the first sermon. Hey, hey, they're not drunk, okay? They're not drunk. As you suppose, it's only nine in the morning. They've had some Holy Spirit Pop-Tarts, y'all. Come on. Next. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, I want, I want you to go ahead and stand up with me. I want you to go ahead and stand up. We're going to respond to this because this, is, this was for them, but it was also for us, okay? The prophet Joel, centuries before, prophesied this, and what Peter is saying, this is happening right now, okay? Well, let's, let's just, we'll, we'll skip that point. It's a good point, but we gotta we got get going. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. What have we seen? It just, just today, we saw a wife baptize a husband. Some of you are like, whoa, 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 whoa. The Holy Spirit in a woman isn't the same. No, the Holy Spirit doesn't go into a woman and go, whoa, we just must dilute this. No. Uh-oh, somebody got a hold of that. Back row's finally with us, y'all. Come on, come on, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, listen. No, no, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. I got to pray over my granddaughter yesterday along with her other grandfather. Both of us are in the same church. We serve this, this church together. And we both prayed over her. And I prayed for her future husband and her future children. I prayed 25 years into the future. And I, I, I think this is gonna be a woman who is a mighty voice 
the kingdom of God. You know why? Because she's going to be surrounded by you guys. She's going to be mentored. She's going to be cheered on. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Man, we got we to gotta dream some dreams, y'all. Bigger than, bigger than safety and comfort and convenience. What else? Even my servants, both men and women. There's a shift happening here. Men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy i will show wonders we should expect wonders every single time we gather as a church and just say he did it again he did it again another marriage that was terminally ill is now revived another person struggling with cancer another lost child who had run from their faith has come and been baptized right here we should expect wonders because the holy spirit power is invited in this place and we are obedient to him every time i talked to a man this weekend who's who's been a heavy drinker for the last several decades of his life and the Holy Spirit for the last year just said, I, I, you want, you can have more of me or you can have more of it, but you can't have both. And he, and he wrestled with it for a year. And finally, he just said, no more. I want more of the dreams and the prophecies and the vision of God. I wonder, I wonder what it is for you. I wonder what it is for me that God is saying, consecrate this. That's not for you anymore because I got more for you. I got more for you, and this is going to get in the way. Oh, it may be a good thing. It may be an okay thing. It may be a freedom thing. But for you, I got more for you. In the heavens above and signs on earth below. And everyone, verse 21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, say this with me, y'all, will be saved. We should expect every season of this church to send our best and brightest to the most dangerous, unreached people groups and places in this country and around this world. And they're gonna be our kids and our grandkids. Some of it will be you in your 60s and 70s. You thought thought the Lord was done with you. He's like, I'm just getting started. You gotta put that down though. Hmm. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thank you to those who give to Waymaker Church. It is because of you that our ministry is possible. Visit waymaker.church to give now. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe. You can also share it with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Now go make a way.